Hello and welcome to the Produce Retail Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Nickel, and I'm delighted to be joined by Scott Schutte. Scott is a longtime produce retail executive whose award-winning career has included stops at Sprouts, Bosch's, Fresh Time, and AJ's Fine Foods. Scott and I got to talking about the time-honored practice of checking out your competition to see what ideas you could borrow and repurpose for your own stores. So, of course, Scott and I ended up finding so many examples that I decided to make our rather lengthy conversation into a multi-part series. We described these examples as we talked about them, of course, but you can also look at the photos of these examples on my LinkedIn page. To find me there, just search Ashley Nickel, that's A-S-H-L-E-Y-N-I-C-K-L-E. And speaking of my LinkedIn, if you have topics that you would like to hear about on the program, please send me a message. I started this podcast as a place for produce retail folks to learn from each other. And so I would love to hear what it is that you want to learn. Today's discussion, the fifth and final in this series, covers a smorgasbord of topics across merchandising, pricing, signage, assortment, but with different examples, including digital merchandising in store, dedicating multiple end caps to the same item, inspiration from the meat department, and more. So without further ado, Here's my conversation with Scott Schutte. Your mention of technology, Scott, gives me the perfect transition because I've got a few examples and we'll go through these quickly, but I got a few examples as well from uh, from my recent, mostly just my recent shopping with uh, the two babies in the stroller, you know, getting out to lots of grocery stores has gotten a little bit more uh, more strategic (laughs) in these last few months. But something that caught my attention when I was out, and this is at a um, a McKeever's market in, I think technically that is either Lenexa or Shawnee, Kansas. So Kansas City metro area for anybody out there uh, familiar with, with this region. And I thought it was really interesting because they have these TV screens kind of very nicely hovering over the produce department. And you could tell it was this very well-produced video on berries and they didn't have the sound on, which was fine as a shopper. I honestly would prefer that. There wasn't any branding on the video. So I was curious. I thought this seems like a Driscoll's thing, but I I don't have a way to confirm that because I would really, I'd be interested, right? Like what's going on in the video that would make me more interested to check out that particular product. So in this very well, this is a fairly new store and I didn't remember having seen this before. So this may be, you know, a, a new system and a new technology. They're still fine tuning. But I thought that's a very interesting opportunity that if you use it well, if you kind of figure out how to leverage it properly, could enhance, you know, the experience and particularly for for certain brands who might have material you can use on there. Yeah, I'm smiling because you and I are exactly on the same page. These are this is a perfect example of really out of the box thinking and stuff that I would look for when I'm in another retailer and I'm not 100 percent familiar with every square inch of their department being able to glance up and see something as clever as a an inexp- uh, inexpensive uh, flat screen monitor that is uh, helping tell the farming story might even be helping tell the local grown story you know for for all that we know um, but regardless it gives a great subliminal me- message to the customer and helps the fresh freshness factor and really the understanding of farm to to plate or farm to fork when it comes to uh, category items like the berries or whatever this might be representing at the time, I would imagine that this is probably rotatable 
And so um, they could uh, use different film footage and different um, merchandising items underneath it to uh, really help tell stories in many different categories. It's a great idea, a great concept. Well, and to your point, Scott, me being in the industry, I had all these questions about whose berries are these, what's going on, but it really, like, I'm so glad you mentioned it. It could be a whole lot simpler for the shopper, even just looking at this and being reminded oh, that's pretty cool. These are grown in the ground. This is fresh. This is, I mean, just those fresh, healthy, natural, all those connotations that so many shoppers are looking for. Even just the, even just the still images is giving us that, right? And so some of those things, like, like, like I said about myself, more information, even if, even if that's something that you gradually figure out, how to incorporate more information, whether that's the sound, whether that's captions, whatever that looks like, this is this is still beneficial. Yeah, maybe, uh, you know, we just talked about th- this whole podcast and conversation about takeaways and being able to borrow and repurpose good ideas from other retailers. This could be another example of, to your point, using the same idea or the same concept and maybe involving price points on this uh, flat screen. And being able to have a price point um, that almost turned this flat screen into signage, you know, in a way, not only did it help tell a story, but it also helped broadcast a promotion or a price point or a a sale value or whatever it might be. uh, Just by taking this particular great example, another step farther, uh, making it yours and making those fine tuned adjustments that are needed to uh, not only take a good idea, but turn a good idea into a great idea or something that might even work better for you at your location. And I do think it's, it's fun to just this additional technology thinking about what, you know, what are all the different ways we could make this additive to the shopping experience? Cause I even love the idea of what if you do a weekly little interview with your produce manager about what's on, what's in season, what's on sale, you know, what's on ad, um, you know, what goes well with what's happening in the meat department. You could you could literally have a little show that runs on repeat, um, maybe not too short for the the sanity of the employees who listen to it throughout the day. But um, there's so many neat things that you could do with something like that. Again, making sure it's additive to the experience and not overbearing, not sounding like an ad. Sure. But there's a lot of cool directions you could go there, I think. Or, yeah, even take it to the next level. Um, the The grower of the NV Apple that can tell the story right there in front of the consumer and um, show some of that information that was on the signage at the store, but uh, show it in a more live personal method by, by using a, a flat screen monitor like this um, to be able to uh, show some of those cutting ideas, some of the cheese pairing ideas, some of the flavor profile descriptions or whatever it might be. I could uh, envision a lot of different growers being excited to provide a plug and play piece of video material that would help uh, promote and sell their product also. So I think to your point that this has uh, some really endless possibilities and I don't think it's uh, it's been fully tapped out for sure, but a really great example of what to look for when you're at, a, at the competition. I mean, this has uh, a lot of legs to go even farther. Well, and when we were talking about space allocation earlier, this caught my eye because 
You can see, obviously, the, uh, the, the mandarins here in the foreground. You can also see them in the background. They've actually got both end caps of this display are these mandarins. I believe it was the same exact product, same brand, everything. And I've seen that at other places before. I feel like mandarins is are one of the few that that often get this this treatment where it's, I mean, quite a bit of space in multiple places in the department. And my guess is obviously um, undergirded by an understanding of how fast these move and even traffic patterns through the department. I would 100% agree. You've got uh, some really heavy duty traffic patterns back against the uh, refrigerated cold case where it's a uh, value added items or packaged salad type items. So you've got a, a big customer flow that goes through there. You also know that uh, that popularity of the, the Clementines of the Mandarins just continues to grow year after year and how popular that category has been for really a number of years and the continued growth um, to keep it fresh and to keep it growing and to expand your um, space allocation for those items. I mean, that's a great opportunity for any retailer to really think about repetitive displays and having them in multiple locations and a prime end display location like the one in the foreground that we're looking at that's big and obvious um, is great for attracting customers' attention. But uh, what about the uh, the customer traffic flow that you know is um, more more predominant or a heavier traffic flow up against that cold refrigerated grab and go case that might also be a guarantee of getting a three ninety nine bag of that citrus into every grocery cart that passes by. So. Duplicate displays of the same item are not uh, extremely popular or trendy. You scratch your head and think, you know, what's going on here? Are they really capitalizing on traffic all the way around the department? Are they doing a better job of keeping product refrigerated and fresh rather than building huge spillover displays off the front of this or off the side of it that are non-refrigerated. And so is the product integrity better because of having dual refrigerated displays like this um, versus other methodology? A lot of questions that come to mind and uh, a lot of opportunities as a retailer to go back to your organization and experiment with these concepts and these ideas and find out in your environment how well they work. I should add the one other category that I've seen um, not, not not quite as dramatic as, you know, two in caps on the same display being used for the same item. But the the only other one that I typically see, you know, a good amount of space in multiple places is, is berries. You know, you might have that that front ad case that's that's full of the berries and then you have a whole nother section of the berries further back in the store. That's sure. but I, other than those two. Other than those two, I don't think we see the duplicate displays too much. Yeah, and went in season and went on promotion, and it's the perfect uh, eating quality time of year. Uh, take advantage of it, and this is a good example of that. All right, so the next one, I just, I like, and we, this is pretty, um, pretty standard, right? But to see the sort of your, your guacamole, inspiration type of of grouping of items right the tomatoes the herb on the end the the fresh garlic and then you have all your convenience tomatoes i would call them 
right down the side. And actually, they've got some more of the the bulk tomatoes on the end there. Um, the additional items that we were talking about, even with like the the chocolate dip for the bananas on the side, you can see they've got these underneath here. Um, and just nice, clean kind of fundamentals is, is what I thought of when I saw this one. Absolutely. Especially when you've seen the opposite out in other retailers. And the example would be that um, just the fresh produce items are together in their category. So all the tomatoes might be together in their category. But clear on the other side of the department is a dusty old shelf that's got the uh, jarred dried tomatoes in it. It might have some of the jarred garlic products and items in it. Um, it doesn't uh, really have a rhyme or reason or a pairing or a place like your example does here, where all those type of products are kind of all inclusive together and they they play off of each other and they help create incremental sales and proximity and location of merchandising um, is a lot more conducive for the customer to uh, to pick up an item rather than hunt for it on the other side of the department in a uh, section that really doesn't make a whole lot of sense. So great, another great example. I like the word clean. I like the word clean also because I mean you can get uh, very effective merchandising ideas with uh, that clean example that you just gave. Well, and I know we talked earlier about produce displays outside the produce department, and so this one it's right at the entrance to. You've got your seafood directly in the back, and then the meat counter is just a little bit further over. And when I saw this. I was just so excited. I'm like, that's a good bit of real estate for produce leading up to the seafood department and, and the meat department quite a bit, quite a bit further back from sort of the typical end of the produce department. And, and you can see here, it's all items that we would think of being conducive to grilling. You've got potatoes and onions. You've got some mini sweet peppers. The corn, I'm guessing, is probably the big one that was going fast here. I know we picked up some personally. You've got the seasonings and some of the grilling implements uh, kind of in those baskets on the side. Um, you know, with, with a different connotation, those baskets would be great for some of your citrus to go with if you're making this more seafood-centric versus grilling-centric. Um, but I saw that and I thought, that's a good bit of real estate outside the produce department for produce. Absolutely. Absolutely great partnership and great communication with those other departments would keep displays like this uh, fresh and full and the consumers gravitating to them every time that they come in becomes a little bit of a, of a treasure hunt type area also um, at some of the retailers where, you know, these items could be changed out throughout the different seasons, but they could also be items that are, um, Pairing with some of the other departments that surround them, whether it's uh, the lemon display that becomes a, a great play off of the seafood counter right across from it, um, or some of the different items throughout the year that play with uh, different proteins from the meat department, uh, whether it's barbecue season or it's uh, more of a stew season or whatever time of year it might be, uh, to keep those changed out, to keep them full and fresh, and to, uh, to your point, to be able to earn the right to have this display space in other parts of the store uh, is, is super important. And um, a lot of good ideas develop from very small displays and grow into much larger displays because they become more and more effective 
because of department managers and department teams working together, collaborating together, and uh, taking care of their departments together. So that's a cool picture. Well, and this, so this, of course, is not a produce example. This is at the front of the seafood counter, but I thought this was so nice. So it says, let us season and steam your seafood for free, easy for takeout and ready to eat. And I just thought, I didn't know they did that. I mean, I've been to this store a lot of times and personally, I like to, I have my own, you know, seasoning I'll put together at the house that I really like on my fish, mm. but that makes me more likely to, to buy more seafood. Absolutely. And I know we've seen um, a number of different stores pop up with the the produce butchers, you know, and that sort of thing in, in recent years. But I thought, especially just if you have that kind of service, or if that's something you're willing to do, anything to call that out and just yep. remind people, communicate the fact that you're there to help make make life easier for them, solve those problems communication around that because even though like i said i may not necessarily use that service i think more highly of them because they offer it though yeah and seeing seeing this type of uh of a takeaway when walking into a competitor just makes me think about all the other additional ways that my organization might be able to even take something like this to the next level and add to it um this could be this could be a heck of a social media campaign um, this could be just overall lots of fun, especially when um, even putting an ad together and being able to put a little button or a little blurb in the ad that actually uh, lets consumers know um, some of the offerings that are going on back in the in the seafood department here, especially if, uh, you know, the entire chain is on the same type of a, a campaign or the uh, program like this. But it's got a lot of opportunity for for growth and development and to take it to that uh that next stage and make it yours. Well, and similarly, so this, this is the meat counter, right? And it's really them highlighting their unique items. So what they do with this again, not produce, but it's, it's this nice poster about what they call their chicken grillers. And so they stuff a chicken breast and then they wrap it with bacon. They've got, you know, a, a produce item, like a little jalapeno or something on top. And on the sign, it tells you how to use it real simply, great on the grill, easy in the oven is kind of your your first, you, your kind of when you think of a visual hierarchy on a sign, right? Chicken grillers is first, how you use it is second, available flavors, and then they have a QR code on here that says scan for easy how-to video. So and I thought, what a great example of calling out a unique product, really easy how to use it. And then you can get more information via the QR code if you want. So wearing my customer hat, I'm excited to see that little QR code because I've been kind of gravitating towards those and just kind of learning how to uh, use a smoker or use the barbecue a little bit more effectively. And so I'd be excited to see that with my, my customer hat on. But as a, uh, as a team member, wearing my team member hat, um, wearing a manager hat or anybody in the store, I'd be excited to see this as an educational tool for all the team members that work back there. So they can help provide better customer service by either quickly pointing out some of the available options or flavors for these particular proteins or meats um, or learning them themselves and really realizing it is how easy it is for, you know, you know, creating this uh, Santa Fe uh, griller 
on the grill and what goes into it and how fast and easy it can be. And that's a heck of a sales pitch and a lot of power for a team member to have behind the full service counter and to be able to, to learn and be able to speak on some of these quick and easy ideas and, and, or even re- reference them over to being able to use the QR code or uh, identify some of the cooking temperatures that are listed on something like this. I think it's a big educational tool for the folks that work back there also. That's a, a great opportunity. That's a great point about not only shopper education, but your team member education too. Yeah. Another great idea though, visiting a retailer. It's funny how you just pick up on some of those small but important ideas that uh, many different retailers are using. Absolutely. And this example, of course, this is our our ultra classic guacamole display. You can see they've really had fun with the signage here. You've got like the the hand-done letters and the hand-drawn Gosh, it looks like cilantro, avocado, lime, onion, guacamole, or maybe that's garlic that they drew. But it says, do it yourself, make fresh. And of course, you got all the things you would need. They've even got little bowls in here that you could make the guacamole in. It's just like like you were talking about um, with that other, that, that other example, Scott. Instead of having to hunt for eight different things all over the department, I can literally grab it all off this one display. Yeah, and, a, and it does, it makes you, if you have any inclination toward guacamole, it will be hard to walk past this and not think, oh, that looks really fun. Guacamole sounds really good. It's a great one-stop shop. And I love the way that they uh, uh, took a forgotten department, which is uh, the non-foods department or the houseware department and cross-merchandised them together and got them involved. And uh, those are big rings for the store to be able to sell some of those garlic mincers or, you know, some of the processing tools or bowls for actually making the guacamole. Um, Those do nothing but boost sales at the front of the register. So it's cool to have those together, neat and orderly, properly signed and side by side, those same family of items that are ultimately going to create that that bowl of guacamole. Uh, I think it sets a, a great subliminal tone or message for the consumer also, that not only is this the one stop shop for guacamole, but I didn't come into the store today thinking about making guacamole or buying guacamole, but heck, you guys have everything out here in front of me and you've got some great value and some great sales on these items. You're making it pretty, pretty darn easy for me to add guacamole to my recipe tonight and everything that goes along with it, including the boneless chicken over in the meat department that might be on sale, that might be part of the chicken tacos or whatever for that night. Um, they can build a pretty sizable basket with a display like this. It branches off into other opportunities also. Absolutely. Well, and as you mentioned, items in the rest of the store and sort of how you make the full meal and how you inspire the full meal. And this, this may sound totally out of left field, but as I'm thinking about how the retailer can fill that role as, you know, solutions across the board for the shopper, and, and I'm sure places have started experimenting with this already, but some of the chat bots, what if you could type into the chat bot or have this as a, as a, you know, pre-filled out question, what should I make for dinner tonight? You know, I'm, I'm just sitting here listening to you and thinking of the same exact question that I find myself asking myself or my wife all the time. When I go to a grocery store, even when I have a list, the question is, 
you know, what, what sounds good for dinner tonight or what sounds, what sounds good for dinner on Friday night? Cause we're thinking of a little bit farther ahead. Um, but when you have resources like this or technical resources that uh, really help drive some of your decisions or that idea process, uh, those are great tools to be able to have and to be able to tie together and um, help the consumer plan out what's for dinner tonight or what's for dinner down the road or what are we going to do for the party on Sunday afternoon or whatever the occasion might be. Displays like this uh, set a really good tone for the shopper at the moment. And they also create some good long lasting ideas of what I can do farther down the road as a consumer for ideas. And so I don't end up in that predicament of looking at each other, asking the same question, what sounds good to eat tonight or what sounds good for, for lunch tomorrow or whatever. Um, those are popular answer asked questions by customers and displays like this are um, very uh, popular answers to those questions that make planning uh, very easy for the customer. Well, and you can just, you can totally envision how you could tie together with things like this in store and then different tools through your e-commerce presence. You know, you could have some of these, these pre-done, um, you know, questions, what should I have for dinner tonight? Well, tomatoes, avocados, and garlic are on sale for X, Y, and Z. And chicken breasts are, you know, yada, yada, yada. Here's a recipe on our website, right? Like you can see how, man, there's there's a lot of opportunity to conflate some of these things across the board, even if you just start with one little, one little nugget of it at a time. Absolutely. We all know how impossible it is to actually walk through the entire store with every customer that walks in and help them shop. But what a great tool that would be to have a, a resource on their on their smartphone or some way of communication with them that um, really does some of the handholding and the suggestive purchasing and menu planning for them right at their fingertips. Mm-hmm. Well, and even and I'll I'll stop it. I'll stop this this particular train of thought after this. But what if you even to your point about the QR codes? What if you even have a little sign on here that says, "What else should I make for dinner?" QR code recipe for that chicken or you know whatever you want it to be i mean there's a there's a lot of ways to to connect folks from one point to another um you know in addition to the cross merchandising itself to send them in different directions in the store and and solve that what's for dinner problem that we all ask ourselves from time to time yeah and for somebody like myself that's that's more of a uh, a produce professional rather than a, uh, a marketing uh, engineer or professional. Um, I'd be able to visit a competitor, see a display like this, take the idea or the concept um, and do a handoff to those professional folks over in the marketing team, the folks that uh, know the ins and outs of new technology and what's going on with social media, knows the abilities of, of QR codes or how they could actually bundle concepts like this together and make them effective for the entire store and uh, do whatever I can, whatever my share is from a merchandising standpoint, from a promotional standpoint, uh, from an item selection standpoint to support this thought process and join forces with them then, um, but really recruit the people that know how to put programs like this together and have their support. And uh, most of all, at the end, be able to high five and share some overall 
success stories for the company when plans like this do come together and go full circle and you've got everything needed in place to really make an impact on on the consumer. Absolutely. So this, let's see if I can make this where it's not. Whoop. There we go. <laughs> so this is a close-up of one part of a specialty fruit display. So you've got the enormous jackfruit here. This actually was one of the smaller ones that was on the display, believe it or not. But you can see here, they've got the signage that's co-branded between the supplier and the retailer. You've got what, what this tastes like, what it's used for, another QR code so you can learn more about it. And this was in the broader context of, I'm going to flip through a couple of these. This retailer, you can see, you can see in the picture here, it's Hy-Vee. They have partnered with Melissa's on this whole tropicals section. So they have this whole signage kit where up top you have taste of vacation and it's, it's all these beautiful tropicals in the pictures. You've got little tips and what it tastes like and how do you use it up top. You've got them on the bottom of the display. You've got one or two throughout the different items. And I just thought this was a good example of making items that wouldn't be approachable for a lot of people a lot more approachable. Absolutely. And for me, as a retailer from another organization, walking into this competitor and seeing this display, seeing the point of sale material and the signage, one of the first questions that would come to my head was, am I really underutilizing the tropical category in our organization? I mean, are we getting maximum potential out of our tropical category within our organization? Are we, you know, from a, from a skew count to uh, overall item selection and some of the promotional campaigns that are going on along with the signage, are we really doing everything we can do at our organization to get every little last ounce of energy out of the tropical category, question mark? And that would be a great takeaway for me visiting another retailer like this to be able to say there are some possibilities of improvement. There are some possibilities to step out of the box a little bit. And along with trying to improve our berry category and our grape category and some of the other bigger fruit categories, am I neglecting the tropical category? And that would that would be a big question mark that I would leave with, um, even though you know, obviously the tropical category isn't as big as the berry category, the grape category. Who's to say that the opportunity might not be as big? You know, at the end of the day, the dollar gain opportunity or the shrink reduction opportunity in this category, who's to say that um, it might not be warranted or as big as some of the other categories? But um, a picture like this or a store visit to a competitor and seeing something like this would really make me think, and really go back um, to my organization and uh, revisit what we're currently doing and uh, be able to prove or disprove uh, what we're doing as being right or wrong or the potential of the, the gain or the loss being there for us. But a great example of kind of a hidden forgotten category sometimes on how somebody is taking it to next levels, partnering up with a very strong distributor, grower, shipper, of many of these products and uh, really uh, 
making a statement for the customer to understand the category a little bit better also. So nice job. Well, and I even thought as I, as I looked at this picture, Scott, something that really didn't jump out at me on first glance at first glance is like, Oh, this, this really calls out tropicals in a way that you don't see in most places. The other thing is they're sort of, you know, reclassifying some of the more common items, right? Because under that taste of vacation headline, well, that doesn't necessarily have to just be tropicals, right? So we've got the fresh cut watermelon in there. We've got, I think those are the Ojai Pixie Tangerines, if I remember correctly. You know, uh, Kiwis are up on top. So they're, they're not using all that space for tropicals. They've got some other things in there too, but it all kind of fits under that taste of vacation heading. And it brings more attention to all those items because they're being called out this way. So there's some creativity going on there too. Yeah, ultimately they are creating customer interest for some items that are sometimes never looked at, never picked up, never even thought about on a shopping list by by many consumers. They're creating customer interest right now. And it's one of my favorite uh, phrases to use, but they're actually creating some customer entertainment value also because this isn't a display you probably would see every day at every store. And so the customers that are stopping by and um, paying attention to the QR codes or even reading the signage and learning more about the product are benefiting from it. But it's another form of customer entertainment value that in a lot of cases becomes priceless. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Just one more thing on that, that shopping experience. And you can say, see here another uh, another classic cross merchandising example. They've got the sure. bags of grapes here next to some of their their kind of premium fancy cheeses. I can't remember if there was an explicit call out for the charcuterie board, but um, let's see. Well, you've got that charcuterie sampler is is on the label of that that meat meat sort of item or deli sort of item on the bottom. You got the crackers up top. So even without it saying charcuterie board, that's immediately. Of course, what I thought of when I saw this display and always exciting when you can get a little bit of that refrigerated space in particular. Um, and obviously, again, on a high ring item like grapes, um, I thought this was a, a nice example here. No, for sure. And walking into something like this as an outsider would immediately start to trigger a lot of ideas in my head. And it would start to trigger that magical question of how well are we doing at our organization with effective cross-merchandising either within other departments or within our own produce department? Are there opportunities um, in this particular category, and let's call it the uh, the fromagerie or the cheese department, being able to properly not only pair cheeses with grapes for the quick and easy snacking and the, the flavor profile of the two of them, but to be able to pair items like a, a cheese campaign with uh, the first of the season pear campaign that comes into place and to do it effectively. um, So they both go together properly from a merchandising perspective and from a look and presentation perspective, all the way to that uh, fresh mozzarella mozzarella cheese that um, obviously needs to be refrigerated, but uh, has the possibility of basil, tomato, and and garlic tying into it, maybe with even a a baguette or a French bread or something like that, that um, throughout the year, throughout the different seasons, um, is meaningful to customers to help plant the seed on um, why items go together or how fast and easy they can go together to build that charcuterie tray 
or to build a quick and easy snack tray or just something that um, makes good eating sense along with the uh, the crackers and how fast and easy that could be. Mm-hmm. That's creating a, uh, a shopping list right in front of the customer's eyes for them. And I think that there are many great examples like this that um, if a retailer really wanted to, that they could commit and dedicate themselves to being the very, very best at cross-merchandising within their department and outside of the department than any other retailer. I think there's a lot of opportunity in this particular picture and this category. So here is uh, that example I was talking about, Scott, when you had mentioned those $5 price points, very similar setup here, but with a $6 price point. I really like that five, like I said, for the ultra easy math, just because that's that's where my brain goes. But um, I'll move. Well, I was going to say I'll move on from that one quickly. I found it interesting. They also have even here some some easy, like already hard boiled eggs. And I and that started me thinking, like, gosh, e- easy breakfast. Right. Or another just just cross merchandising meal solution oriented approach here. Grab and go and actually for the healthy living group. Yeah. And then, and I believe this might, yeah, this, this should be the last one here. A nice full, full citrus displays. Look at this. Look at the little citrus slices on the display. I just thought that's probably an easy thing to do, but just fun. Just draws a little extra attention. I don't think those were there the last time I was there. Just even little different things to catch your eye, give you one more second to look and say, oh, that lime display is nice and full. You know, maybe the last time I was here, it wasn't. That lime display is looking really good. I'm going to go ahead and fill up on those. Well, all of a sudden you have a, a citrus campaign in your store. Not only do you have a bunch of great prices and promotions going on on citrus, but just a couple or a few little visuals like those uh, those slices of, of citrus there help really tell the story and add to it. And uh, consumer knows what's going on. It's probably prime citrus time. Um, it draws my attention to it. Most of all, it's not a blank canvas in front of the display that really doesn't help tell the story. Um, this kind of ties the whole program or the whole whole plan together for the retailer. And it's um, something that probably can be repurposed and reused throughout the many different seasons. But it's not dull and boring like it might normally have been without some of those accent pieces. And as I said earlier, I think it really helps tie the whole campaign together or makes it makes it a campaign. I think so, too. It just makes you kind of think, huh, m- must be something interesting going on there. Right. Must be something yeah, special about this. I should of, look a little closer. Of all the things we've talked about today on the podcast, though, I mean, you really start to to see and to hear all these minor, what we call little things that we see and observe from retailer to retailer to retailer and how impactful they might be within their organization. But you could imagine if you started collecting some of these greatest hits and these wonderful ideas that are out there at the competition, um, how much more impactful they could be in uh, totality when put into place as regular programs within your organization. And We've seen some big ideas and we've seen some little ideas. And it makes me think of a, of a little idea that um, actually I had quite a bit of success with, but never in my wildest dreams would have ever thought of it before. But I visited a local farmer's market. Um, I believe they only had two locations to what they were doing. And 
they spent a lot of effort on fresh fruits and vegetables and probably 70% of their business was fresh fruits and fresh, fresh vegetables. So it was an obvious place for me to, to frequent or to show up to get ideas on what they were doing from item selection to even merchandising. But one of the littlest things that's on my greatest hits list that I noticed was visiting them during a certain time of year that uh, their their uniforms, the team member uniforms have changed. And um, be honest with you, I don't even remember what their original uniform was, but I did remember what they were wearing when when I visited at this particular time. And it was a, a, a T-shirt, a printed T-shirt, a colored printed T-shirt that um, basically promoted their farmer's market, um, but a lot of the uh, local grown items that uh, they were all about for that particular time of year and for that particular season. And um, uh, mentioning some of the local grower names, uh, some quick little visuals of uh, maybe silhouettes of, of uh, the local grown items or whatever, but a t-shirt or a uniform that um, was above and beyond a regular team member's uniform um, was cool to look at for me as a consumer um, but was probably really cool for the team members to be able to, you know, not have the shirt and tie on or not have the regular dress coat on, but to be wearing this, you know, really cool kind of funky T-shirt as their as their uniform. And so I ended up adopting um, that same strategy. And when it came time for us, uh, the peak of local grown season was taking off in June. We made sure that the entire produce team no longer had to wear their regular everyday uniform. They were allowed to wear jeans and this special screen printed colored shirt that kind of told the story about our local grown season and our commitment to some of the local growers and some of the items that we were we were doing um, to the extent of on the back of it, it almost looked like a, a concert t-shirt on the back of it where instead of the tour dates and the tour locations of the concert, it listed all the growers and the items that uh, we were going to be carrying for that local grown season. And it resonated very well with the customers. The customers loved it. The only downfall that we had with it was we had a challenge with the team members in the produce department um, um, losing their shirts to other team members in other departments because they wanted to wear that T-shirt and they wanted that ability to you know, wear something that was above and beyond the regular dress code and something that was deemed cool and kind of had a, a nice vibe to it. Um, other team members were a little bit on the jealous side outside of the produce department with that. <laughs> and so um, that whole idea or concept eventually evolved into multiple departments and multiple people within the store being able to wear those local grown t-shirts when it came that time of year. And then really helped tell the uh, customer the story from wall to wall of the store. The customer knew something neat and exciting was going on, but something as easy as finding that t-shirt example um, all the way to other program ideas. I wrote down one I didn't want to forget and it goes to technology and uh, a really cool, innovative uh, piece of technology that I've seen recently that, um, I must not have had my eyes open because I haven't seen it in too many other places, but an actual app that you go to the app store and get for this particular retailer that um, has nothing to do with um, every aspect of the store, but only 
healthful eating, health, healthy eating, healthy living, um, uh, diets, making sure that you're putting the right items in your body, recipes, um, better exercising regimens, better sleeping schedules. And it's all about healthy living and healthy, healthy eating. And not only does the app help navigate you through the right foods to buy or the right vitamins and supplements to get into or whatever else you're looking for, uh, but it also gives you rewards and gives you opportunities to buy these items at lower prices and obviously gives a value and a savings for not only joining the app, but using the app every time you're in the store and you're shopping. It helps you navigate through the store a little easier for those particular items, um, but it's a great tool to provide yourself a healthier lifestyle and a healthy, healthier way of life. But it was something I never, ever noticed before until, you know, I really got into paying more attention to what is available at the competition or what do some of these other retailers really offer. And it could be from some of the biggest merchandising ideas to some of the newest technical um, ideas that uh, are out there and they're available. And another small takeaway to maybe possibly go back to your organization and figure out through registered dietitian help or marketing team help or whatever it might be, what can we do for um, a, a growing lifestyle of people that are looking for helpful ways to, you know, eat better, live better, sleep better, whatever it might be. But I thought that was a, a, a very small example, but a cool example of what else is available when you go to the competition and you really understand and, and you see firsthand what they're doing to make improvements in, in their customer shopping experience. So, mm -hmm. Well, and that, um, and this may be what you're talking about, but that description reminds me of Kroger's Opt Up app. I don't know if it was that one or a different one. No, but... this was uh, from the Albertsons group and it's uh, it's called Sincerely Health. Oh, okay. About, so that's, uh, that, that's new. You haven't missed that. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's, that's pretty new. Yeah. Yeah. But when I dug into it and I got a little farther into it and even got onto the uh, app, uh, it was pretty easy to see that um, it's fairly involved and it's uh, highly beneficial for the folks that are either uh, already into that type of lifestyle or like me should be a little farther into that lifestyle and want to continue learning a little bit more about it and graduating a little bit farther, but lots of things out there, lots of tools and lots of uh, visibility to good stuff that other retailers are doing that uh, you could easily take back to your organization and adopt and put your own spin on it and put it to good use. Yeah. Well, I always have more thoughts, Scott, but we should probably wrap it there given we've gone about double the time that I put on your schedule today. But I have multiple additional ideas for topics from this conversation today. I do also. And I also have just a, just a couple closing comments. I know I said earlier in our conversation, visiting the competition and seeing what they're doing should be on your weekly schedule. Uh, it's important to get out and see how the rest of the world is living and how other retailers are doing some great things out there. There's nothing wrong with borrowing a great idea from another retailer and putting your twist or turn on it and making it your own. I also forgot to mention, um, don't do this by yourself either. Um, just like when you came to town and you visited the Phoenix area and we met up and we walked stores together and we came up with bouncing a lot of great ideas off of each other. Grab a colleague, 
grab someone in your organization, even if it's a, a produce manager or somebody from the procurement buying team or whoever it might be, and uh, buddy up with them and get out to some competition and uh, bounce ideas off of each other and really pick the brains of each other to figure out um, how to optimize some of these great ideas that are out there in the world of uh, retail right now, especially when it comes to produce retail, uh, get their perspective on it, get some of their ideas on it as far as uh, if it's doable within your organization or something that uh, you guys should consider adopting. But um, uh, most of all, don't do it alone. Have some fun, get some excitement going. Have a lot of people along with yourself always step out of the box and see what's going on in the world of retail, especially retail produce. And most of all, um, take some good pictures, even if you have to you know, sneak those occasional pictures inside the competition. Um, if you're not able to uh, you know, do any of that photographing uh, without getting into uh, uh, a confrontation with team members at another store, um, take some great notes. I mean, when you're done walking through and you have some of those visual ideas and thoughts in your head, make sure that you put them on paper and you don't forget about them. Uh, even though you might not have been able to snap that picture of a great idea that you just saw, um, you can still make sure you log those notes down and uh, transpose those into something bigger and better in front of your team when you get back to uh, your organization and uh, you have them forever and something to build off of for the future, for sure. Awesome. Well, that was the perfect recap, Scott. So I will not try to do it better. Thank you so <laughs> much again for uh, for just all your wonderful insights. And we'll thank our listeners as well. Um, Scott, you've been so kind to join us on so many episodes. So I just want to flag for our listeners. If you enjoy listening to Scott, which if you're in produce retail, I don't think there's any way that you could not. We have had so many wonderful conversations on everything from pricing strategy, assortment, all kinds of subtopics of merchandising, so many different things. So go back in that archive and check out uh, these conversations with Scott, because I, I honestly, Scott, I cannot think of anywhere else that folks could learn from somebody with your experience um, at, at the top level, really driving strategy in produce for a retailer. And um, I mean, I, I know that all the time, but I just want to highlight that for our listeners before we wrap up too. Thanks, Ashley. I appreciate you saying that. But uh, conversations like this get me uh, re-energized and I'm already thinking about the next podcast. Back in the studio now, a huge thank you one more time to Scott for sharing all that he knows, his experiences over the years and his observations. And thank you to our listeners for joining us as well. The first four segments in this series focused on signage, pricing, cross-merchandising, and assortment. So if you missed any that sound interesting to you, please do go back and listen. And one last thing before you go, if you are learning from or otherwise enjoying these conversations, please do rate and review the podcast. That support helps me keep it rolling, lets me to continue to bring you insight from some really wonderful and knowledgeable people throughout this industry. Thank you again for joining us, and we will see you again next time on the Produce Retail Podcast.